Good evening, good evening. Let's stand together and take your songbook. Let's stand and take your songbook. We're going to turn to hymn 195 tonight. And we'll sing glory to his name. He is worthy of praise and glory. Amen. So let's sing out. We're going to sing that first and second verse there. Starting out of hymn 195. Down at the cross. Now help me out. fountain oh precious fountain that saves from sin you're here tonight. We're looking forward to what God 
has for us. Let's pray. Father, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. Without any doubt, we are very needy people. I pray and beg and plead that you'd help us tonight, uh, that you would meet with us. Father, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated tonight. We're always delighted to have visitors. Lots of announcements here. Let's check for visitors first. Is there anybody here tonight? This is the first time you've ever attended Faith Baptist Church. Could you slip a hand up? Anybody like that? Searching, looking wonderful. It's good to have you with us tonight, sister. Anybody else tonight? Everybody else? Good to see the liege with us. And did Megan make it back tonight? I was looking for Megan. Uh, a swig, but did she make it back? She was swag. She was here this morning, and man, I meant to mention it. And uh, we, she drove all the way from California to be here, and I didn't even mention it. I don't think she drove here just a bit, but she did come from California. Goodness. And uh, all right. All right, if you were not in the service this morning, if you were not in the service and you are a father, you are not in here. We have junior church, children's church, other things that go on. And if you don't mind, fellas, would you stand? If you were not in here, would you stand? Anybody like that? Any men, any of the fathers? Okay, father there, one there, one there. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. All right, wonderful. Just a little gift for you right there. A little gift for you. Happy Father's Day. And uh, right there, okay, Brother Chris, they get you? Did they get you? All right, okay, they're working on you right there. All right, wonderful, okay? All right, all right. Anybody else? Don't want to miss any dads. Fellas, did y'all have a good afternoon? Three of you did, okay? All right, three of you did. Okay, I'm looking to see here. Man, I don't know where to start. How about this? How about this? Let's start with this. How about looking easy? Well, y'all stand, they are engaged. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. All right. And, and mom said, Sister Vera said, no more, no more of coming over here snatching up daughters and bringing them to other churches. I said, yes, I agree. Y'all can be seated. God bless you. All right. Okay. And I pray for Jack King. His son passed away. And, and I can keep them in prayer. I know he would uh, really appreciate that. Of course, Brother Benny, Miss Gill, Brother Verl, tomorrow morning, uh, or, or maybe to, uh, tomorrow afternoon, to be having the echogram on his heart. I pray for that. And my brother-in-law, Larry, be having back surgery tomorrow. If you'd remember him, that would be wonderful. Okay? All right. It's good to have the engineer retreat, fellas. Good to have y'all with us tonight. Three of them there. I thought there was four of y'all. Oh, over there, sitting with your mom and dad. Okay, I got you. I thought I saw y'all before. Now it's all coming together, okay? Wonderful. We always appreciate y'all being here and encourage you to encourage some others to come. I know the class is down, but I appreciate y'all being here tonight, okay? Monday through Friday will be teen camp, and there needs to be a meeting, and we'll make it again right after church tonight uh, with all the teens that are going to teen camp and all the parents that will be in the fellowship hall right after the service tonight. Okay, so don't forget that. It's teen camp Monday through Friday. Wednesday, we will be having church as normal. Prayer at 630. 
church at 7 o'clock Thursday morning, sewing in at 9.30, church-wide sewing in Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Friday is RU, and then Saturday we have men's prayer at 8 o'clock, and then 9 o'clock is our bus meeting. Sunday school is 9.45. Let me encourage you to be faithful to your class. Get involved in your Sunday school class. I know Brother Munn's class had an activity yesterday. I hope that went well. And get involved in your class. July the 1st will be our uh, church picnic. That'll be at the Fitzpatrick's. We'll have uh, directions there. How to get there, that will be uh, next Sunday. We'll make sure that's uh, on the back for you, okay? So that'll be our church picnic uh, next uh, or July the 1st, but we'll have directions on the Welcome Center next Sunday. Nursery meeting will be July the 8th at 11 o'clock, and uh, meat furnished, bring your favorite dish, and uh, this is a nursery meeting. Don't you appreciate those who work in the nursery? Really appreciate those very much. Boy, I thought the donut with Dad was a success. I mean, it was, I really didn't know how it would go, but a lot of people came, and uh, a lot of people was involved, and the, the decorations was tremendous, and the donuts were good, wasn't they? And then the chocolate milk, I didn't get chocolate milk, though. I wanted chocolate milk, and it didn't happen. But anyway, I had chocolate milk, and uh, we had uh, kind of special, fancy kind of coffee, and I really enjoyed that. I mean that with all of my heart. But you think those that were involved in that and appreciate all that hard work? You know, things look easy until you're the one that's doing it. And then all of a sudden you realize, that, man, I didn't know this was this much work. And so that was a great, great success. I hope we'll do that again. And okay, next week, we'll do that again next week. All right? All right, John. We'll stand together and we'll turn to hymn 56. <clears throat> We're going to sing the old rugged cross. And we'll sing the first, second, and the fourth verse of hymn number five, six. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So 
pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the old rugged cross. Lord, we thank you for going and paying the ultimate price that we might be free. And Lord, we might have life and have it more abundantly here on this earth. Lord, we do ask that you will help us now as pastor is going to come in just a moment take the word of God and preach to us. Lord, I pray that you would fill him with a fresh anointing from on high as only you can. Lord, I pray that you will speak uh, through him. Lord, and help us to hear what you have for us this evening, Lord. Lord, may we, may we leave tonight and say it was good to be in the house of the Lord because you spoke to us, Lord. You uh, gave, a, gave us a message, Lord, for our life. Lord, fill him from on high. Lord, we'll give you all the honor and the praise that you so greatly deserve. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. <coughs> You told me in your word how you are working all things for the good of those who will only
God. We appreciate that if you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms chapter number 32, the book of Psalms chapter number 32, the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms chapter number 32. And then we're going to go to James. We'll read one verse there, and then we'll come back to uh, our text tonight. The book of Psalms, the book of Psalms tonight, the book of Psalms, chapter number 32. If you're able tonight, why don't we stand? I will read out loud, and, and you can follow as I read the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter number 32, the book of Psalms, chapter number 32. And if you would, look with me at verse number 1. The book of Psalms, chapter 32, verse number 1. Blessed, you think about all the Beatitudes, the blesseds in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. If your sin has been forgiven, you're blessed tonight. Amen. Verse 2, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. That means craft or deceit or disguise. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Shalai. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Shalah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters that shall not come nigh unto him. I love verse 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Shalai. You know, the word shalai means to stop and to pause and to consider what was just said. It says in verse number 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee, watch this, I will guide thee with what? With mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding. Listen carefully. I believe a horse has intelligence, but not understanding. There's a difference. Be ye not as the horse or as a mule, which have no understanding, whose mouths must be held in with what? Bit and bridle. Least they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. I want you to keep your place there in Psalms 32. I want you to go with me very quickly to the book of James, chapter number 3. The book of James, please, tonight. The book of James, chapter number 3. The book of James, chapter number 3. 
And look with me at verse number 3. The Bible says, Behold, we put, what is the word? Bits in the horse's mouth. That they may do what? That they may obey us. Very important that you see this. And we turn about their what? Their whole body. Now, a horse averages between six and 800 pounds. Now, and I'm not speaking of the Clydesdale horses, of course, but the average horse is between, they say, 600 and 800 pounds. The Bible says in verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths, that they may what? Obey, Obey us. And we turn about their what? Their whole body. So yeah, you got a jockey who probably is weighing 85, 90 pounds, is on a probably a 700-pound horse, and he can, uh, he can turn that horse any which way he wants to go. That horse would be obedient to him. Why? Because there's what is called a bit in his mouth. There's a bit there with a, a little ring probably at each end with a, some reins uh, that will run to the rider's hands. And uh, uh, the bit is connected to what we call the bridle. Now go back to Psalms chapter 32 if you would tonight. The book of Psalms chapter number 32. I want you to look with me again at verse number 9. The Bible says, be ye not as the what? Be ye not. God says, I don't want you to be like the horse and the mule. Look at it. Be ye not as the horse are as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouths must be held in with bit and bridle. I want to preach to you on the subject, bit and bridle. Our Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for thy word and how good it is and how sweet it is. And I would pray, my Father, in these next few moments, that God, that you would help us. And God, thy word is an amazing book. And God, I just, I just stand astounding. Uh, God, about thy word and how rich it is and how clear it is. And, and God, how you can speak to us in so many different ways and so many different chapters and verses in the Bible. And so, God, I pray now in these next few moments, God, that our hearts would be open, our ears would be attentive, and God, that we would listen upon purpose tonight. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. And I pray, God, that tonight that we would not be like the horse. God, that we would not be like the mule. And God, I pray you'd help us tonight. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. I appreciate your patience there. Let me make some a few things quickly. May I make them very clear. Number one, I do not know a lot about horses or about mules. I understand that a mule is a cross between a horse and a donkey. I understand that a mule cannot reproduce. I understand that. And, uh, but I don't know a lot. I didn't grow up on a farm. I'm growing up on one now. You'll get that tonight, tomorrow, sometime. But I, I'm, I'm getting a farm. And I've gotten sheep and I've gotten some goats. And it won't be long. We'll have some mules and some donkeys and some horses, I'm sure. And, uh, but anyway, I don't know a lot about horses. And I, uh, I'm very, uh, I don't know if the word is fearful. I don't think that would be the, the right word. Uh, but the word great respect for a horse. Yeah. 
I've ridden him a little bit, and I, I can remember me and Joanna wanted to ride a horse. Was on one of our vacations, and and for some reason she was the only one wanting to do it. And I'm the dad, and I got to go, right? Got to go. And so we did. My wife waited. Joanna and I, we got on. A, she got a horse. I got a horse. And, and and these horses were trained, and they was just really walking. And these horses knew where to stop, and you could take a. Uh, what do you call that? Sightseeing. Yeah, you could stop, look, and I, and and I nearly jumped off the horse. I was able to get right to the edge. And I'm thinking, I, I, I literally did. I almost jumped off of him and said, man, you're getting way, I'm talking to the horse, you're getting way too close to the edge. I, I don't know a lot about horses, had, hadn't ridden uh, horses very much, but I do know this. Uh, according to the book of James, I want to read it again. According to the book of James, chapter number 3, in verse number 3, uh, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. The idea here is very clear. God says in verse number 9 tonight, God says, I do not want you, talking about you and me, I do not want you to be like a horse or a mule, a mule that has to be uh, uh, controlled uh, by a bit in a bridle. You with me so far? Uh, a bit and a bridle are to restrain a horse or the mule. They are to govern the horse or the mule. They are to guide the uh, horse or the mule. Uh, the idea of a uh, of a bridle, it, it is to uh, to guide, to control, to restrain. Uh, to govern, I'm talking about the, the bit and the bridle, the reason you put them on there so that you can control the horse. Are you with me so far? And so God says, I don't want you to be like that. In other words, God is telling us he doesn't want to have to use a bit and a bridle to get us to obey him. And so let me, let me just quickly give you a couple points and then we'll uh, dive right into the message. Who often may use the bit and the bridle? Go to first chapter, first Timothy, I'm sorry, first Peter. Go to first Peter chapter five. Uh, who, who often may use the bit or the bridle? Uh, look in first Peter chapter number five and look at verse number one. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God. Notice the Bible language. God likens a pastor to a shepherd, and he likens the congregation as unto what? Sheep. Okay, feed the flock, that is talking about not herd, he didn't say feed the herd, he said feed the flock, uh, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, watch this, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Notice, not a period there, verse 3, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being what? Examples to the flock. Do you know sheep? do not need bits and bridles. They do not make necessarily a, a bit and a bridle 
for a sheep. A pastor should not try to pastor his church and try to put a bit and a bridle upon his congregation. What you sense and what I fail sometimes in the area that I, I can sense sometimes you're, you're, you're trying to turn your head and you're, you're trying to close your mouth and, and, and you're thinking I'm trying to put a bit in, in your mouth and, and with a bridle, okay? And I, I would be uh, very uh, clear and make an honest confession. I am sure uh, more than once I have been guilty uh, of trying to lead the flock with a bit in a bridle. And uh, that, that is not how you pastor a church. Go with me if you would to the book of Genesis chapter number 3. Uh, the book of Genesis chapter 33, I'm sorry. Genesis chapter number 33. Oftentimes pastors, uh, we can be guilty if we're not careful trying to put a bit in a bridle upon sheep. It does not fit. It does not fit. It will not work. Sheep are not designed for that. And uh, uh, look with me if you would. It's took me many years to begin to learn this. And by the way, God is still working in my life and still teaching me this. Still teaching me this. And, and I should perfect this by now. I should have all of this, you know, uh, nailed down uh, by now, but I do not. If I were a young preacher, I, I would be on the edge. I would give a million dollars for this sermon tonight. I'm telling you, you need to listen. Look in Genesis. I, I, a lot of this I've learned the hard way and still learning it. You can be a lot quicker learner than I am. You can be way down the road and pastor in a church. Uh, it took me nearly 40 years to learn some of this. You, you could learn this tonight the easy way. Look with me if you would in Genesis chapter number 33. Uh, sheep are not horses and mules. There's a difference between a sheep and a horse and mule. Now the world may not know that the difference between boys and girls, but we know the difference. And uh, look in Genesis chapter number 33 tonight. Quickly, Genesis chapter 33. You remember the story of Jacob and Esau and how they've been separated uh, for over 20 years and now uh, how they have come together and, and uh, Jacob was afraid that Esau was going to kill him and and a matter of fact uh, Jacob tried to buy him off and sent you know some uh, uh, some gifts ahead before they got together and, and when they finally met and hugged and kissed and well uh, Esau said what, what was all this stuff and, and Jacob said man God's been good to me I just want to share it now he's trying to, he's trying to he still was trying to up to his own tricks Okay, and so after they got done, you know, uh, reminiscing and and uh, uh, you know uh, talking about the old days, and and, and now they're fixing a uh, head on into back to to Israel here, and uh, Jacob is headed back, and uh, so Esau offers uh, uh, Jacob to go with him, and look at it now in Genesis chapter number thirty-three and verse twelve, and he said, "Let us take our journey, and let us go, and I uh, will go before thee." So Esau says to Jacob, "I I want to go with you." And he said unto him, My Lord knoweth that the children are tender, and the flocks and herds with young are with me. And if men should overdrive them, and one day all the flock will die. And so Esau says, Look, I want to go before you. And uh, Jacob says, No. He said, See, Jacob had 400 men with him. I said, Jacob had 400 men with him. I mean, Esau did. Esau had 400 men. And so uh, Jacob says, no, I've got women and children, and some of my flock is young. Look what he says in verse 14. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on, what does it say? Softly. Softly. 
Jacob wasn't about to put a bit and a bridle on those sheep and try to get them to keep up with Esau and his 400 men. Jacob understood. He was a shepherd. Jacob understood something about sheep. And he said, I, I can't keep up with you. I, 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 uh, I got women and children and I, I got a flock here. And, I, I, and if I try to stay up with you and the 400 men, I will push them too hard. Are you women and I? And I, I'm a kind of preacher. I, I, I try to push, and I, uh, I, I try to, uh, and sometimes I, I push hard. And, and uh, uh, yesterday afternoon, in, in my prayer time in my office, and uh, there upon my knees, I was talking to God, and, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I don't know how to get more men to come to prayer on Saturday morning. And, and God, I, I like to see our our uh, prayer rooms, uh, uh, you know, get more people participating in our. In in our prayer rooms and I was just talking to God and said God I don't know how to do this because it ain't going well in this area and uh, and uh, you know, and I was talking to God about this, and and uh, I was seeking wisdom from God, you know. And, and I can get up, and I can try to blast, and I can try to put a bit in your mouth, and and put a a, a bridle on you, and and try to uh, to ride you into the prayer room, or try to ride you to soul winning, or try to you know ride you whatever the area it might be. And God said, let me, let me tell you what you do. I said, all right, I'm listening. He said, pray. And there were some specific men that God began to lay upon my heart to, to, to pray that some, some more men will come. So I'm going to be looking for somebody showing up. <laughs> you said, I ain't a coming. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. And, uh, but I'm going to start praying. Because I tell you what won't work. Me putting a bit and a bridle on you ain't going to work. You agree with that? Because all, all you're going to do is this right here. That's what a horse does sometimes. Are you women, you're going to try to do that. It ain't made for you. And, and myself as, as a pastor, and even that illustration. See, I, I hesitated even to give the illustration because that feels like a bit in a bridle. It, it has that type of feel to you. And I don't want it to have that type. I'm just, I'm just getting very personal here. As, as a pastor with a congregation, is, uh, uh, bridles and, and bits don't, don't go for sheep. Uh, number two, parents. Parents try to, especially dads and us fathers, uh, we, we try to guide the home uh, by putting a bit and a bridle uh, uh, upon our children. Now, I want to be clear about this, and I want to show you this. Go to Proverbs chapter 23. I believe when children are young, now i got to be careful because this will hit the nation, and uh, uh, people say that preacher said that we need to be putting bits and bridles on our children. And I'm going to be toast because they're going to clip this. Okay, they're going to clip it and take everything else out. And they're going to have me saying, put a bit and a bridle on your kids. All right, congregation, are y'all women tonight? But in the sense of the word, there is some bits and bridles for children in this sense, let me show it to you. Uh, look in Proverbs chapter number 23. I'm glad you gave me a lot of time. It looks like I'm going to need it. Proverbs chapter 23 tonight. And, and look at verse 13. Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. And if you know what a rod is, it's a slender piece of wood that will not harm a child. 
Uh, there's a lot of other instruments that can bring damage to a child, but if you spank your children biblically, you will not do them any damage. Verse 14, Thou shalt beat him with a rod, or with the rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. But it, as a parent, that's one of the most important verses in all the Bible. It connects the rod with hell. And, and, and the devil's talked to the young couples totally out of that. I'm telling you, nobody knows more about child rearing than God. Okay, you read every what book you want, whatever you listen to on the radio, whoever you're getting your counseling from, nobody knows more than God Almighty. Now, when children are, are, are young, they, they need correction. They need somebody to govern them. They need somebody to control them. And so in the sense of the word, uh, the rod would be a type or a picture of, uh, of the bridle and, and of the bed and, and when they're little. But listen to me now. When, when you get older, young people, mom and dad shouldn't need a bit and a bridle. It, it ought to be enough for you as a 19-year-old as a or a 20-year-old or 25-year-old. It ought to be enough of, of character and, 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 and want to do right to please your mom and dad. It ought to be enough right there to go out of your way to please your mom and dad. Yes, sir. You know, a bit and a bridle is not going to work on a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old. My mother tonight who is here does not need to put a bit or bridle upon me because my love for her is enough. Are you with me tonight? And, uh, and, and all you're going to do, you try to put a bit and a bridle uh, upon a, a young person, a lot of them, a teenager, they're going to shut their mouth, they're going to do this. And uh, you, you do the correction and a lot of that, if you do it correctly, you shouldn't have to do a lot of it when they get older, hopefully. May I say number three, bosses try to run their businesses with bits and bridles. Nobody likes to work for a boss who, who tries to uh, uh, govern, control, guide uh, his employees with, with bits and bridles. Uh, There's a big turnover there when, when somebody uh, is like that and in a church that's like that and, and a mom and dad that is like that. God said, boy, this is so good tonight. God said, I don't want you to be like the horse in the mural that's got to be guided by a bit and a bridle. I don't want you to be like that. May I say tonight, even God sometimes can have to use the bit and the bridle. Did you know Jonah did not want to do what God wanted him to do? Do you know the story of Jonah in the well? But in, in, in speaking, God called Jonah and, and God told Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to bid uh, uh, the preaching that I bid thee. And if everybody here probably knows the story, uh, Jonah went the opposite direction. He paid a fare, got on a boat to go the other direction. And I'm telling you, God said, no, that ain't going to work. You're going while I'm telling you to go. And, 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 and just symbolic picture here tonight, God put a Brit and a battle upon Jonah and put him in a, in a belly of a well. Do you know God is God and God can get you at any moment to do exactly what he wants you to do? The Bible says in the book of Daniel, those that walk in pride, God is able to obey. There's not a man alive that God cannot humble less than a second. God put 
put Jonah in the belly of a whale, and I'm telling you, he got Jonah's attention. And Jonah went to, to go to Nineveh. But isn't it sad? Isn't it sad tonight that, that God had to uh, put Jonah in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights to get him to do what he wanted him to do? May I say number two, and we'll get to the message quickly tonight. Number two, let me give you some errors where you see this bit bridle. Sometimes God seems to have to work in the era of salvation. Uh, Paul was riding a horse and all of a sudden a light shines from heaven and he hears a voice, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I'm telling you, God got Saul's attention. I think about the surrendered life. I think about uh, serving God. Uh, God uh, put Jonah there in, in the belly of the fish and God got his attention tonight. And so let me give you three quick areas, quickly. I do not want God to have to use a bit and a bridle. Number one, I do not want to be made to do God's will. I do not want to be made to do God's will. Go to the book of Hebrews. You'll love this. Oh, this is so sweet. Look with me, if you would, quickly at the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. This will all hopefully come together and, and make good sense to you tonight. And you'll see exactly where I'm trying to say and where I'm headed tonight. Look at Hebrews, chapter number 10. Look at verse 7. Hebrews chapter 10. Remember our text. You've got to keep that in mind. God said, I do not want you to be like the horse and the mule that has to be controlled and guided and restrained by a bit and bridle. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see the verse? Go, go back to Psalms 32. I got you in Hebrews 10. Go back to Psalms 32. I failed to show you this. And let me, let me show it lest I forget later. Look at verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with what? You know, all God should have to do is look. You know, when you get your children where they ought to be in the Lord, you know what you do? Sometimes all you got to do is look. And when you look, they know exactly what you're saying. Can I get a help there? And God says, that's how I want to guide you. God says, all I'm going to have to do is just look and you got it. I don't have to put a bit in your mouth. I don't have to put a bridle upon you. All I got to do is look. And you say, yes, sir. You know, that's how it ought to be with parenting, right? Even half-grown children, that's how it ought to be tonight. And I do not want to be made to do God's will. Look at Hebrews chapter number 10 and look at verse 7. It says, Then said I, this is talking about Jesus, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to what? To do thy will, O God. Look at verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to what? To do thy will. Listen, this is one of the sweetest thoughts. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. The Bible says in agony. It's the only time that word is used one time in the Bible. In agony. And he's praying in agony and, and, and blood begins to pour from his forehead. And he prays and, he, and his prayer is, Father, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Did you know God the Father did not have to put a bit and a bridle on Jesus to go to Calvary? Amen. That is one of the sweetest thoughts. God the Father did not have to put a bit and a bridle upon his son to go to Calvary. If there's any doubt in your mind, listen to this. In John chapter number 10, listen to this. 
He says, uh, Therefore doeth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. God the Father did not put a bit and a bridle upon His Son to do His will. Amen. We fight so hard against the will of God for our lives. God has a will and a purpose for your life. Are you with me tonight? Everybody in this room, God has a will for your life. I do not know what God's will for your life is. Uh, God's will for my life was to be a pastor. God began to deal with my heart. God began to put a desire in my heart. I did not like speaking in front of people. I, when I was young, they used to take me to special class for speech. I've done that for several years. I used to take little instruments and put them upon my tongue. And still to this day, there's certain words that I, I struggle with. Sometimes it, certain words come out really bad and you're going like, what, what was that? What did he say? And, and sometimes it's embarrassing as a preacher. And here is God is calling me to preach and, and to get up in front of people. And I begin to struggle with that. But my struggle was not a, well, I wanted God to have a put a bit and a bridle upon me to get me to do His will. My struggle was I just wanted to be positive. I wanted to be 100% clear what God's will was for my life. Because I felt like the ministry in preaching, you're dealing with the eternal. Somebody said a doctor can bury his mistakes. But the preachers will live somewhere for eternity. And so I realized this, the, the, the seriousness of, of mounting a pulpit and telling people what they need to do to, to go to heaven. And, and boy, you better have it right. You better be right. And man, I knew that. And so that was my struggle. And, but I, uh, I wanted to be surrendered. I wanted to be yielding. I wanted to be willing to do God's will for my life. Would you go with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus chapter 25? I want to show you several verses. Number one, I do not want to be made to do God's will. There ought to be a surrender. If God is calling you to be a pastor or be a preacher or to be a missionary, whatever God's will for your life is, you ought to surrender to God's will. You ought to yield to God's will. You ought to be willing to do God's will for your life. God should not have to put a bit in your mouth and, and, and bridle you to get you to do that. Uh, look at Exodus chapter number 25 quickly. And, and look at verse number 2. I'm going to give you a couple others that say the same. Uh, but look at verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Look at 2 Chronicles. I, I got a lot of other verses that say the same thing. But look in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 17. I love this. Look in 2 Chronicles chapter 17. And, and look at verse number 16. And next unto him was Amaziah, the son of Zariah, who, who willingly offered himself unto the Lord. Who willingly offered himself unto the Lord. Hey, God should not have to put a bit in our mouth. God should not have to put a bridle upon us to do His will. We ought to be surrendered. 
Amen. We ought to be yielding to the will of God. Uh, we ought to be surrendered to do whatever God wants for us. May I say number two tonight? Not only do I not want to be made like a mule or a horse to go a certain direction, I got to have a bit in his mouth and I got to have a rein that is hooked to that bit that's in his mouth and pull it to the left if I want him to go to the left. Pull it to the right if I want him to go to the right. Pull both reins if I want him to stop. Begin to hit him with a whip if I want him to run. I don't want to be like the horse or the mule. I don't want to be governed by a bit or a bridle. I want to have a yielding spirit, a surrender spirit, an obedient heart to our marvelous God with no bit. I can say to God, you do not need a bit. You do not need a bridle. I surrender. I yield to you. I am willing to do your will, whatever it is. God the Father did not need a bit and a bridle to, uh, to get Jesus to go to Calvary's cross. You still have it so far? May I say number two, I do not want to be made, not only do not I want to be made to do God's will, I do not want to be made to do God's work. You do understand at this church, people so misunderstand a little larger church. I had a man visit us one time and said, boy, I like your church. I like your preaching. He said, but I ain't coming. I said, well, why? He said, you got too many people. You got plenty of help there. I'm going somewhere else. And I thought, you're kidding me, right? No. Man, we got a lot of needs here at this church. Lots of needs, lots of work, lots of uh, places, and you'll never get too many labors at any church. If a church is trying to do what God wants it to do. And so as your pastor, I'm always trying to get you to get involved in God's work. There's always seems to be that push or, you know, that compel to, you know, to, to, to get on board and, and, and to serve and, and, and use your talents and use your time. And I know how you feel sometimes. There's a man who's not here tonight. I, I could have gave $100 if he'd have been here to hear this sermon. But I, I just sense in my spirit sometimes people believe, there he goes. He's got that bridle. He's got that bit. He's trying to stick that bit in my mouth. And I am almost certain that sometimes that's exactly how you feel. But that is not how I want you to feel. But my, my zeal for God's work and, 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 and as a pastor and realize there is a heaven, there is a hell, and there is eternity, I want all of God's people to get involved in God's work. There is a work for all of us to do. See if this will work. The Bible says the harvest is plenteous, but labor is a few. So I, I don't want to put a bit in your mouth because you're not made for that. You're not made for a, a, a bridle. You're, you're sheep and you're not a horse and you're not a mule. But I sure do want you to get involved. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5 tonight. I do not want you to be made to do God's work. God is not making me to pastor this church. Did you hear that? God is not making me pastor this church. I love being in the ministry. I love being your pastor. There's elements and days that, you know, I want to leave and resign and jump off a highest bridge or whatever. 
you know, there's you know those. I'm kidding, but there's some elements of truth to that. We all have those moments in our lives. But I love you. I love God. I don't want God to say, you got to stare and you got to preach there and you got to work for man. And he's got this bridle and he's got this bit and then fight. I don't want to do that. I don't want to preach it. I don't want to go to church. Oh, what a miserable life. Oh, what a miserable life to have to be controlled by a bit and a bridle. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, Paul had it right. Look at verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus, uh, we thus judge that if one died for all then would all dead and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live uh, unto themselves uh, but unto him which died for them and rose again listen carefully I don't want it to be a bit and a bridle that constrains me to do God's work I want it to be the love of Christ I want it to be my love to get a crown. You say, preacher, you're, you're laboring for a crown? I'm not only laboring because of a cross, but I'm laboring for a crown. Paul labored for a crown. Listen to what he said in 1 Corinthians. He said, I, he said, I, uh, uh, the verse here, he said, and every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we and incorruptible. Paul was striving in the ministry. Why? Because of the cross of Jesus Christ. It compelled him. But not only did the cross compel him, a crown compelled him. He said, why in the world would anybody be that arrogant and proudful and cocky to want to work for a crown? Go to Revelation chapter 4. Go to the book of Revelation chapter 4 tonight. The Bible says in verse 10 to 4, 20 elders fell down before him that sat upon the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Paul understood the cross, but he understood there was going to be a crown day. And Paul, yes, he wanted a crown, but his motive for a crown was only, I believe with all of my heart, it was only to have a crown to give back to Jesus. No bridle, no bit, but give me a crown. Yes, give me a crown. Why? So I can give it to he who is worthy. I do not want to be constrained by a bit and a bridle to do God's work. I want to be constrained by the love of Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ. I want to be constrained by a crown. And I want to be controlled and constrained by the sweet, precious Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to move in my life when it comes to God's work. Preacher's not trying to move in your life. I've tried for 39 years. I've tried for some people for 20-something years. And all I've done is get them farther away, I guess. I preach my heart out. I preach everything I could think of. And I'm thinking, God, uh, this has made absolutely no, no, no progress here. Not one more person is in the prayer room, Harley. Not one more person is going to show it. Nothing has changed in years. And so I come with my bit and I come with my bridle. And I say to you, get it in gear. Let's work for God. 
you're not taking a bit in a bottle because you're not made for that. I'll tell you what one great preacher said, I believe it was George W. Truett. This is what he said. He said, if the cross of Jesus Christ does not work for you, he said, I have nothing to offer. Now, I don't want you to find another church. I don't want you to leave here. But if the cross of Jesus does not compel you and move you, I do not have another sermon for you. I'm out of them. I am out of them. If the cross of Jesus Christ does not compel you to work for Him, I am out of sermons for you. I do not want a, a bit in a bridle to do God's will. I do not want a bit or a bridle to do God's work. And may I close tonight and say I do not want a bit or a bridle to follow God's word. Go to John chapter 14 tonight. You know God's word tells us a lot of things that we should do and we shouldn't do. You agree with that? Man, you know, the word of God ought to govern our life. You're missing it. So you want a bit or a bridle. No, I want God's word. I want God's word. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In Psalms 119, listen to this great verse. Psalms 119, you know it. I think I could quote it, but it says in verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God says, I'll guide you with my eye. Here's how God guides us right here. This is an all-seeing God right here. And the word was God. Can I have a witness? I want to be not made by God trying to put a bit and a bridle upon me to get me to do what he says. Everybody ought to be able to read like I can read. Go ye therefore in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How can that be so complicated? How can that be so difficult? How can it be, be not conformed to this world but, but be ye transformed? How, how, can it, how, how can these clear commands of God, uh, people read the same Bible I read and how can they, how, how can they not follow? Amen. Must they have a bit and a bridle? I do not want a bit or a bridle to follow God's word. Amen. I do not want a bit or a bridle to follow God's word. He said, don't be like that. Look with me if you would in John 14. Did I tell you there? I, I knew and I went, I went you know, to Psalms. I, I remember that. But look in Psalms 14. <laughs> Psalms 14. <laughs> Beam me up, Spotty. Beam me up. John chapter 14. Oh, sometimes you're up here and your mind is running a thousand miles. Look in John 14. I was looking at my conclusion. Look in John 14. I'm looking ahead sometimes. You don't notice it, but I'm looking. You get older, you have to look at your outline a little bit more, okay? Look in John 14. Look at verse 15. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. I don't want a bit or a bridle to follow God's word. I want it to be my love for him. Isn't that good? Look at verse 23. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will come unto him and, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sins. I'm praying, oh God, do something. Lord, move upon people's life. And Lord, say, no, no, no. Until people love God. See, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and soul and mind. Yeah. 
You get a person in love with God, all this stuff gets simple. Some people, they want this bit and they want this bridle to, to follow God's word. No, I don't want that. The Lord, does he have to put a bit and a bridle upon you to do his will? Does he have to put a bit and a bridle upon you to do his work? Does he have to try to put a bit and a bridle upon you to follow his word? God, I give you my best. I do not need the bit or the bridle. It would be good for a congregation to say, Preacher, you don't need a bit or a bridle to preach to me. And by the way, I have some like that. I have some. I don't have to beat them over the head. I don't have to threaten them. I don't have to take my shoe off and throw it at them. They're just sitting there like a little bird and saying, Preacher, preach to me. What does God want me to do? Amen. Oh, yeah, there's some here tonight. Amen. They do not need a bit or a bridle. Can I say tonight, young people, wouldn't it be a good thing if you went home and told your dad and mom, Mom, I've been kicking against your desires and what you want from me. And, and I've been closing my teeth. I'm not letting you put that bit in my mouth. Wouldn't it be good if there was just a voluntary, sweet, yielding and submission to the authority that God placed in our life. Yep. Got to have all these super messages, yep. all these guest speakers, and all of this stuff, when it would be just really easy, just say, God, I don't need a bit or a bridle. Did y'all show me my bit and bridle? Can you show me? Do I have it? There it is. Now, some of you probably... Probably, uh, <laughs> that's the bit that's in his mouth. That's the bridle that's going to go up over his ears. Okay? That, that's the bridle. Go back to it, please. And those are the reins that's going to go to the, to the master's uh, hands. That is going to control that big 700-pound horse. It's that little bit there. That little bit in his mouth is going to control him. And God says in His Word, one of the, I tell you, one of the sweetest verses I've seen in a long time, Psalms 32, verse 9. God said, I don't, I don't want you to be like the horse in the mule that has no understanding. That has to be guided, or I forget the, the, the prayer phase, and uh, governed or controlled by a bit and a bridle. I don't want you to be like that. I want you to be surrendered to me. Can you imagine being married and you had to put a bit and a bridle in your wife's? She ain't a stand with you, sir. Oh, we're laughing, but I'm telling you, that's how some men try to run their families. That's how we try to control our churches. We try to do it with a bit and a bridle. And, and that don't work in a family. It don't work in a marriage. It doesn't work in a church. And it don't work in the Christian life. Oh, it might work and you may pull them here and there. But boy, that's a miserable ride. God says, I don't want you to be like that. I want you to be surrendered and yielding 
in love with me. And this is a love relationship. And I can say, God, don't need the bit and bridle. I'm surrendered to you. This is good. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Bit and bridle. Bit and bridle. I, I don't know what's missing in your life, why you won't be surrendered to the will of God for your life. I, I don't know why you won't get involved in the work of God. I, I'm going to try my best to keep from trying to put a bit and bridle in your mouth and upon you. You're sheep. You are sheep. We should not need a bit and a bridle to do God's will, to get involved in God's work, or to follow God's word. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Who could say, preacher, if I were to die tonight, I'd go to heaven. I've been saved. If that's true, could you raise your hand high? You've been saved. You know Christ. You know Christ as your Savior. That's true. God bless you. Put your hands down. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You say, preacher, I'm just in turmoil. I'm just not sure. The devil's just very slick, I'm telling you. It's an awful place to get in doubt, and the devil will use it to destroy your life. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I won't embarrass you. I won't come to you. Preacher, I'm just unsure. I, I don't know for sure if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. Could we pray for you? Anybody like that? Anybody like that? God bless you. Anybody else? God shouldn't need a bit or a bridle to get you to get saved, to get you to go to work for Him. God's Word ought to be enough. The Holy Spirit working in your heart ought to be enough. Father, we love you tonight. May that, may that be what governs us. The cross. The sweet Holy Spirit. The Word of God. That ought to be what causes us to be surrendered. God, that ought to be what causes us to be yielding and willing. God, I pray you'd help us. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, the pen is playing tonight. Would you come? Would you come? As we're standing tonight, if you're able, you can stand. And God has spoken to your heart. Wouldn't it be a sweet conversation between you and God? God, I don't want you to have to use a, a bit and a bridle upon me. Preacher, you don't need that for me tonight. And the truth is, there's many of you here tonight. I, I, I don't. But there's some... It's like every, every sermon almost. There's this resistance. This mouth is shut. But you know the truth is you, don't, you shouldn't need a bridle or a bit. You say, oh, God can't make me. I, I hate to tell you, but if God could put Jonah in a well... I had a man tell me one time, I don't care if God kills me. And I said, sir, God's way too smart for that.
because that's really what you want. But he did take an eight-year-old girl, nine-year-old girl. That, that got his attention. You know, you just, you bow up past a car, but man, God's got a bit or a bridle can fit any of us. Now, there's different sizes. There's large, medium, and small. Normally a bit, so I didn't get into all of that. But I mean, God can make one for you. But he shouldn't have to, right? That is ridiculous. He's the creator God who loved us enough to give his son that there ought to just be this surrender, yielding, volunteer God, whatever you say, whatever you want. You say, that ain't fair. Mom and dad gets to make all the calls. But one day you'll be the parent. I'm going to see how you want it to be. You're going to expect some of the same stuff. And you're going to be miserable if you have to try to put a bit and a bridle to get your children to do right. You know, you get older, you just don't want to fight, right? Am I right? You folks that are older with me, you don't want to have to fight with people. I don't want God to have to try to fight with me and put a bit in my mouth and a bridle upon my ears to turn me to the left or turn to the right. I want him to be able to guide me with his eye. Just a look from God ought to be enough. Just a look. To be yielding, tuned in to a heavenly father, they can just give me the look. And I say, yes, sir. Nobody wants to work for somebody like that. And if a man's a good boss, he don't want to run the business or whatever it might be that way either. God bless you tonight. I appreciate the visitors. We appreciate uh, our men with us tonight from the Engineer Retreat. Thank them again for coming. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for coming. All right. Is Brother Nolan still here? Y'all see Brother Nolan? You were sitting down there. I lost you. Could you come and dismiss us in prayer? And I'm glad that he and Miss Gloria has made a safe trip and, and uh, back. Pray for them. They're still on the deputation trail. Some people think that's vacation. and uh, But it's not. It's hard work. It really is. It can be very, very, very discouraging. So you keep them in prayer. Don't forget about the teens. We got that uh, meeting with the teenagers and, and the parents. If your children are going to teen camp, uh, they need to be uh, in the fellowship hall, okay? And uh, so we'll be praying for teen camp this week, alright? Right, dear Lord, we love you. Thank you for the the message that we've heard, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be uh, yielded vessels for you, Lord, that we may be used of you, Lord, and thank you for this church, thank you for our pastor, and God, just pray that you'd go with us as we leave tonight. We love you, give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.